know what episode this is of Horseman Academy. Mm -hmm. um, Y'all know that I'm rarely prepared. But I do have a uh, one, one of my um, employers also is um, here with me today, which, you know, when it's a special day when my boss will actually show up to do a podcast with me. Um, you all know that um, Horseman Academy, we take an opportunity to just share stories of people who are doing things not only in the city, um, outside of the city, but especially things that got them in their journey. And today we have Brittany. So, Brittany, please introduce yourself to the audience, please. Hi, my name is Brittany Noel. I am not your boss. Yeah, what? Yes, you are. Uh, Go ahead. We, I am by trade a therapist. I'm a mental health licensed therapist here in Houston, Texas. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur. I am a speaker. Um, I also have my own podcast. Mm -hmm. I do a whole bunch of things, but for the most part, therapist and entrepreneur. So let, let's tell people for real that you are my boss. Let's I'm talk about let's talk about the exception real quick because okay. you really are my boss. So please let I, people know I what I you're doing. I don't look at it as a boss employee. That's partnership. fair. Okay. This is this is this is a partnership. Yes. Where we have partnered together to create amazing things for amazing people. And we will continue to create amazing See, things. See, there we well. go. We will. Okay. See? Okay. So um, what we do on Horseman Academy, mm -hmm. and I'm going to fix your mic real quick. There we go. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what we do on Horseman Academy is we like to tell the stories of people their entrepreneurship journey, mm -hmm. as well as what they see themselves in the future. And we ask the same question every time. If you had $10,000 today, <laughs> what would you do? Or what information, advice would you give to someone moving forward? But let's just start with you in general. Can you tell people about Brittany outside of your current credentials? How did you get where you are now? You know, it's been a long journey. It all started in 19. <laughs> 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 no, so I was in, I went to, um, I'm originally from Austin, Texas. Um, that's where all my family is from. We, I moved to uh, San Antonio to go to UTSA and I got my, un, my un, I was getting my undergrad and um, as far as like what I could like graduate in, <laughs> I chose to get my social work degree versus my psychology degree because I was like, oh, less school. So um, that's where I took the therapy track. Um, I always wanted to, I was always interested in learning like why people make certain decisions, how can literally, I think my biggest question, um, I'm one of five children. Okay. And we're all very, very different. Okay. And I was like, how can we all be raised in the same environment, in the same home, and come out very different? So that was like my original spark into understanding psychology. Um, you know, nature versus nurturer. And that kind of just took off. It was natural for me. I did very well. Um, so eventually I just went got my master's at U of H. And I've been a licensed therapist since 2014 here in Houston. Okay, so 2014. So you've almost got a decade in. Mm -hmm. A decade in. So I usually, um, like, do you ever read, like, Malcolm Gladwell and things like that? Mm -hmm. You know, his 10,000 10, hours is like a rule. Do you feel like you have 10,000 hours of, mm. uh, and you can use your personal experience as well. <laughs> do you feel like you have 10,000 hours of experience? If we're using personal, I definitely have 10,000 hours. Okay, so so wh why do you feel <laughs> that way then? Why do you feel that way? Well, I think, one, so, like, what makes me effective um, as a type of therapist, so when I... Um, my first job out of college, I went to MD Anderson and I was doing end of life. So a lot of my clients were coming to me, you know, having tried everything. So 
it was a lot of broken families I was having to deal with. Like death and dying was a real thing. Um, and so preparing them for their families to transition and, you know, helping the family deal with the chaos, helping them understand that, you know, this is going to happen. How do we process this? And my background is dealing with chaotic family. My own family is chaotic, right? I mean, we... My family is chaotic. We, we don't, we don't want to... I mean, because we obviously don't want to go too personal. No. But what do you mean by chaotic, though? So... I've, I moved out of my mother's house at 16. Okay. So okay. at 13, um, my oldest brother passed away. Okay. Right? Okay. And so that's that was the first time grief hit my family. From there, I became very much a parentified child, which happens for a lot of kids where, for different circumstances, the parent isn't able to care and nurture as well as they probably should have or could have, right? For my mother, it was grief. Right? Okay. So as she went through her grief, I took up the role of big sister, but also mom and making sure we went to school and making sure that, you know, food was done. And as she kind of checked out in her period of grief, I had to step up. Okay. Right. Okay. And so when I say manage chaotic families, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I always say, um, you know, life comes full circle, but I remember, um, when my brother did pass away, I, I couldn't tell you who this lady was, but there was a therapist holding my mother's hand as she explained to us that he wasn't coming home from the hospital. Okay, wow. So that that's probably a that's an anchoring thing for you. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll, we'll we'll have some therapy talk here in a little bit. I'm far from a therapist, y'all. Y'all know I LP. Y'all know. Oh, <laughs> y'all know LP is not a therapist. No. But I do like to read books. <laughs> so that that's kind of an anchoring thing. Is that is that something maybe that impressed upon you that I can help people in the future? Yeah, and like I didn't realize it until it was happening when I was at MD Anderson holding the hands of mothers who were getting ready to pass away. Wow. And wow. Helping their children understand that in a few months mom won't be here. Yeah. What does that mean? And helping them have talks about legacy and what legacy is going to look like, you know, helping, you know, I, I help facilitate a wedding where, you know, they thought they were going to have years together and now they have to get married in the hospital wow. before the husband passes away. So I always say, you know, there are certain things that happen in my life very early that they come full circle when I'm at the center of it later as a, in, in the helping profession. And those are the things that give me purpose, give me meaning. And I enjoy doing as a therapist. I do believe that a lot of my life experiences makes me great um, as a therapist because I understand clinically what's happening. Yeah, but I also yeah, yeah. understand from a personal standpoint what's happening. Okay, so uh, a lot of people, um, and I watch a lot of your content, but I know you personally also. So that's why our interview is different because mm -hmm. we talk also. We do talk. <laughs> but one thing that I would say is you always talk about um, at least I've seen you say inner child. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned that quite a bit. It seems like it's a, a process maybe that you work with people mm -hmm. that you have as therapy clients. W what is that inner child conversation? What is that process supposed to mean? What do you, what do you ask in there? So your inner child, if you think about it, I always equate it to the, it's that feeling when you feel like your emotions are out of control or overwhelmed. Okay. That inner child is very much like that two-year-old toddler who wants what it wants when they want it. It don't have to make sense. They just know if I want this thing, I want it. And if I don't get it, I'm going to throw a tantrum tantrum. Yeah, I got a, I got tantrums at the house right now. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah. your inner child are, are those emotions when typically as adults we have an unmet need. And if that need goes unmet or I can't get that need met in a healthy way, my inner child starts acting up. 
Okay. Right? Okay. And so now you'll see self-sabotaging behavior. Now you'll see, you know, checking out on zombie activities. You just zoned out on Netflix all weekend because I'm not dealing with the unmet need and I have these emotions stirring up inside of me. So do you do any things where we talk need versus wants, though? Of course. Because... It may be an unmet, unmet want, like something that you actually don't need. But what you say that the inner child is really only focused on needs. The inner child is really triggered by needs. Okay. Right. Once I may be frustrated, but you will know the difference because when it's when it's the inner child that's being affected, it's very much linked to something that happened in your childhood or okay. something that did not happen in your childhood. You may not realize the connection consciously. But subconsciously, your inner child is like, man, this person didn't return my text message. I'm anxious. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. Not linking it to, oh, this is because daddy didn't come pick me up on, from the, you know, on Fridays like he said he would. So not linking that what's happening in my current moment, not having a text message returned, is triggering that abandonment in childhood. Hmm. See, so I wouldn't have thought about that. So mm-hmm. um, you can go as far back as like incidents that happened to you as a kid. Mm-hmm that really affect the way you move as an adult. Absolutely. It does it happen a lot in our community or is it more of just a it, it's it this is, is across a, the board. It is a human being thing. Okay. It is not okay. a black thing, it's not a white thing, it's not a girl thing, it's not a male thing. It is a human being thing that I think sometimes we link it to women because I think historically women have been more more open to getting help, right? And understanding themselves and going to therapy whereas in recent times, men are more open to it now. Yeah, yeah. But historically, they would always say that's a woman thing because women were the ones leading the movement to understand themselves better. Okay. But it's not a female thing. It's a person thing that we all have needs. We all have issues that have happened. I, say, I always say there's no clean person out here. Of course. Right? Yeah. Everybody has been hurt. Everybody has been left. Everybody has been abandoned. At some point, we have all been disappointed. You're not exempt. <laughs> Right. But if you don't understand how those disappointments shaped the way that you think and perceive the world, you won't see the cycles as they're happening day to day. OK, so so I probably think differently. I, I use disappointment as really a function of your expectation. Mm-hmm. Now, I could be lowering my expectation in almost every interaction to avoid gets, getting disappointed. It, is that something that people do or, and again, this isn't my therapy session. This is me helping others. We did a whole episode um, that said black men need therapy and it did great numbers. That wasn't the intent of us doing that episode. We were really in here trying to figure out why are we the way that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically black men, the podcast, y'all know Poor Horseman is for black men all from, you know, 35 to 42 now. Happy birthday to me. 42? Yeah, I'm an old man. I'm an old man. So um, what, what is... What is it about us then maybe that we don't go seek help as women would probably earlier? Like we're just now thinking about the therapy process. Mm -hmm. Well, I think historically in the black community, first of all, we were all taught as kids what happens in the house stays in this house. Straight up. Right. So we were taught to silence our traumas. Ah, so it wasn't more about you taking it out the home. Right. Because nobody was addressing it at home. Nobody was actually bringing it up at home. People were sweeping it under the rug. People knew that kids were being molested and said nothing. You're right. I have, I have countless clients who were molested by family members and would have to go to fam- family reunions every year. And see them. that person. And the parents knew. Yeah, that's And no tough. one addressed it. So it's not like we were fixing the issues in the home. 
we just silenced them and act like they were going to go away eventually. Yeah, yeah. So we were taught to silence our own traumas, which meant that now we minimize them. Men were told that if you feel emotions, you're weak, right? You can't provide and feel emotions. And I think um, coming from as, as a black community, many of us were born, raised, and lived in survival mode. When we are in survival, we don't have time to process emotions. We don't have time to process how we feel. When I worked with PTSD and combat veterans, it it's completely understandable that when I go into a combat zone, I don't I have to shut off my emotions to be effective. Without question. Right? Yeah. But many of our black men still live in a combat zone every day. Right? So they don't have time. They haven't had the grace to be able to ex- to explore themselves outside of trying to survive my day-to-day moment. So now where we're entering this place where one we are normalizing that living in a state of survival is not okay. Right? That Black men, black boys should be able to live safe in their life, have have safe places in their lives. Okay. And in these safe places is where you can be soft. In these safe places where you can be nurtured, where you can be cared for. And that can look like a couple of different things in different ways, but it starts with him acknowledging one one I deserve to have my own safe place. I want my own safe place. See that and that deserve is 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 a difficult word mm. for a man. Mm-hmm. It really is because or at least in my opinion We've always been taught you go out and get it. There, no one owes you anything. Mm-hmm. So you, you're not deserving of anything. Mm-hmm. What you're deserving of is the opportunity to go out and get to it. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you reap whatever rewards come from that. So the deserve for me is a difficult word to hear. But what if you're deserving something you're giving to yourself? It's not that someone is giving you this or giving you permission. When I say deserve, it's you saying because of who I am. I work, I take care of my family, I'm a great father, I'm a great provider. I have earned my my right to say, I deserve a safe place. So this is not something that somebody is giving you because you're laying up on a couch somewhere. Gotcha. Right? And so, and, and again, that goes back to, with a lot of my male clients, I have to help them see that there are things that you are deserving of that are not linked to what you provide. And see, that's a, that's another tough one. Okay, so um, if if I were in, so I'm not single, of course. Um, but but we can talk about my single brothers. Like there, there there is there isn't an exchange like that. It is based on what do you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Like what is your uh, what's the bag look like mm-hmm. that I'm showing up with? What kind of car am I driving? And monetary. Then it, that's what went, or at least from what I hear, that's what women. Their expression is, well, what can you do for me versus you're deserving of a quality mate? Like, or or am I looking at that wrong? Well, let me ask you this, though, because are these the women that they're seeking or the women that they attract? Well, well if you look at, that's a great question, and I'm going to answer it. But, I'll, <laughs> but, I'll, but let me say this. Let me say this. So, um, you know, I see people swiping all day, mm-hmm. and that takes out any uh, context to the person you're just looking at them and reading a short bio Mm -hmm. and then from there um, if I read the studies correctly maybe 90% of the men are losing out to probably 10% that the women consider to be eligible Mm -hmm. like I saw this most recent um, study that said a woman would take a man, and this was black community, I believe, so I could be wrong. Okay. But a man is just as desirable who's six foot two or taller 
making $50,000 a year as a man who's five foot six or shorter making $200,000 a year. And that's if you're looking at the apps, et cetera. They're, they're monitoring that data. So we do think, like, what are we bringing to the table to make sure that we're supporting a woman? Like, so it's difficult to hear that, well, what are they going for? I would say they're going after the people they attract because that's how the system is set up. Like, we're set up to only attract people who are interested in things. It's hard to get past that surface. But who I attract and who I desire are two different things. Okay, explain. So... I don't know why in a lot of my dialogue crackheads come up. I don't know why. It's just it just happens, right? But my first thought was if I attract a crackhead, that's not what I desire, right? If I attract someone who just wants my body, that's not what I desire. If you do crack though, you might desire a crackhead. <laughs> but I don't. Like, I okay? mean, like... But I don't, right? So we have nothing in common. So if I am attracting a woman who sees me for my monetary value, I can attract it, but I don't have to accept it. Fair. Right? Okay. And here is where Sometimes men. <laughs> you you don't have to you don't have so, you do not have to qualify men, it right okay where they will take that woman who was attracted to them for monetary value because she looks good she's a great aesthetic right and many times she adds to my perceived value because she fits an image. Yeah, see that kind of hurts here and there though. Like that that's not I don't know if that's real. Women, women do it too though. In what way? Because they date according to what looks good on paper. So, okay. Th th this is where the historical data doctor or data engineer oh, came that's from. That's what I'm getting at. Because it looks good for us to look good together, right? Versus is this person actually good for me? But but then that lowers your uh, if you're if you're only going after it's it's really hard to find like quality if you it's hard to get past the surface <laughs> if you see what I'm saying like so you're saying quality doesn't always look good no that's not what I'm saying because I um I think there is beauty in all people so I will say that <laughs> but since we're talking about I mean you talk to people who are um not in and, and all therapy doesn't have to be a challenge. Correct. And we're going to talk about that also because I think in our community we only tend to want to go to therapy when life when is breaking. Everything out. is like you yeah. you they at your wait bottom until the yeah. last wheel is on the car. They they've already went to get baptized. Yes. They've already they, they <laughs> went to the pastor who told them to pray about <laughs> it and you know. Yeah. And then they decide to go to therapy. So I'll I'll preface it by saying that we're not saying that all therapy you should go when it's good. Absolutely. To to keep things good, mm -hmm. but in in your opinion, you're saying that it's not the surface that matters. It's you got to be able to get underneath the surface. You do, and this is where um, you know. Even recently on on Instagram, I've gotten great comments. I've got not so great comments. I'm very big on holding people, not just women, but people accountable for the decisions that they make. Right? Agreed. And I'm very big on teaching, especially in the romantic department. Um, if you are dating, which men and women are dating before they know who they actually are, and I am committing to partners before I know who I am, and if I don't know who I am, I don't know what I need to be sustained in a relationship. So it's it means that I'm now figuring this out while I'm in the relationship, and now as my as I'm becoming clear about what I need, I have to communicate those needs to my partner. Hmm. Um, and my partner may or may not have what I need, hmm. and they may not be willing to get what I need. Right. So this is why a lot of I won't say a lot, many relationships break down because it's not about are we compatible? Sometimes it's are we willing? 
right? Because as you grow and you figure out what you need, especially as, as life changes, your needs change, right? And as you're evolving, am I willing to evolve with you to continue to be what you need as you grow? Does that make sense? Yeah. But when you're dating, if you don't know what you need, then you will go for what feels good because that's what I want. I want the guy who, you know, showers me with compliments. I want the guy who, you know, makes me, you know, feel good or does spontaneous dates or, you know, he looks really good. That those all all those things feel great. It feels amazing. But does he have the emotional capacity to have deep conversations with me? Does he have the ability to sit down with me and actually see what I'm like can you know see me for who I am and what I'm going through for me for who I am my biggest thing is can you see the woman I'm trying to become because many guys I know speaking for me personally they are infatuated with who I am having no idea about the woman that I'm striving to become look fellas um don't don't <laughs> stop it <laughs> Stop with the disclaimers. I, I, I'm going to give y'all um, Brittany's Instagram at the end. Go to the DMs right now. Um, um, what what emoji should they put in your DMs what? right now? What are you talking about? What Listen. what emoji should they put in your DMs right now? I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 really, it's really a function of, like I said, you should show up. I think men and women, we should all show up willing to provide something okay. for this person right if you if you're going to spend your time with me you're going to enjoy your time with me right um you're going to feel wanted you're going to feel desired i'm if i'm if i'm hanging out with you i like you right? okay you're okay. going to know that right um and i think men at the same token you should be going out wanting a woman to feel however you want her to feel in your presence um, we sh we definitely should expect something from the other person. The expectations do have to be in line with where the relationship is. Yeah, yeah, straight right? up. Straight up. But I, I don't think that we should just be dating because you asked me out. Like, but 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 that's that's another thing that's challenging. What what is considered dating then? This oh, is okay. Yeah. So you I'm see what very, I'm saying? So I'm I'm very different because I do use the terms. Per, for me, I prefer courting. Okay, so you <laughs> because so that's going, that's the reality. You going back to the 1600s? Well, you it's, want, the, it's the reality. Recording because as we're getting to know each other, you're not the only person that I'm going out on for dinners with, right? Do they know that though? Most times. Okay. Okay. And I don't expect to be the only person you're going out with. Fair. Right? Fair. Because we're not in a stage where we've committed to each other, so it's safe to assume if we're two attractive individuals. We're dating. We ha we're, we're seeing people, right? To me, dating is when we have made an actual commitment, commitment to, say, to each other. Let's be exclusive. We're still seeing where this is going to go, but we want to exclusively date you, date you to put more energy into you and this connection to see where this connection is going to go. Gotcha. So would, would you say that the majority of your therapy practice is single men, single women? What is it a good split? Because then we want to give people some advice here in a mm -hmm. second. Like I do maybe 80% women, 20% men. Um, I started a men's group in January of this year. So I have a steady men's group. They meet with me um, in a group setting once a month. So I said, I do prefer working with men. <laughs> I do. Okay. Um, I worked with men for four years um, straight. So I love working with men just because my style is more um, straightforward with them. Okay. Um, but yeah, right now, currently, I see more women than men. Okay, so so maybe give some advice. I mean, 
a part of academy is are ways that one, mm-hmm. what's a, a intro to therapy for someone who maybe is thinking about it, mm-hmm. but might be intimidated with what they got in their closet. Like what, mm-hmm. what might come out of the therapy process could scare some people. So what's maybe a, a, a starter way that someone could yeah. seek a therapist? I would say um, to, first of all, identify with a, find a therapist that you identify with, whether it's a black woman, black man, um, female, male, um, whatever their history is, whatever they're certified in, find someone that you, first of all, can identify with because that's going to help with the levels of trust. Um, And then understand that you don't have to start with the deep things in the closet, right? Hmm. You can start with, I don't get along with my coworker. Right. It doesn't have to. I don't recommend starting even with my clients. If we are going to process trauma, we work up to the trauma. We don't just start there. So you would start with some of the surface level things that help you, first of all, catch a rhythm with your therapist. Your therapist needs to learn about you. They need to learn your background. So you're not going to start with, hey, here's the thing I'm ashamed of. You're going to work your way into that. But we talked about like most people, they don't go to therapy until that thing they're ashamed of has hit the fan. Mm-hmm. So how can you work up to something when someone's usually coming with, I got full on trauma right now. I need help right now. So if, if you need help right now, then you need help right now. Okay. Right? It's okay. like if I go into the ER with a gunshot wound. You need, you need triage. Fix, yeah. 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 We're going to fix the gunshot wound and then be like, okay, now why, why'd you get shot? Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? yeah definitely. But definitely. we're going to fix the gunshot wound first. And if that's where you are, there's no shame in that. I would rather you go in and get the help that you need versus continuing to cause damage in your life. Because that's what happens when you continue to try to live life and you're in a wounded state. You just keep causing more damage. Hmm. So it's better to fix yourself so that you can minimize the damage that's happening in your life and recover. Okay. Okay. So so here's the, the next question then. W- what advice would you give? You said 80% of your um, clients now are women. Mm-hmm. I'd say about 50% of our audience is women. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what advice would you give? Um, let's start with a single woman who maybe feels like, why haven't I met my king? Like, wh- where, where, is, where is my king right now? Because, right, you know, I'm about to be full hotep here in a little bit. So uh, I'm going to be sending grand risings on all of my, oh my, my messages here. I, Look, I almost became vegan, like, last week on the episode we had. So, 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 so malleable. Just... I, oh, come on now. <laughs> I, I will fit whatever it needs to be. So, so what advice would you give our, our single women out there? Who, who want to be in a relationship. And, and, yep, you got that camera right there. Who want to be in a relationship, struggling, the one in the orange is your camera. Oh, gotcha. I... <sighs> okay. So I'm not someone who believes in making the relationship the goal, right? That the relationship happens as a byproduct of living a purposeful life. Okay. Right. That if I want to be in partnership with someone, great. How does the partnership match the purpose of my life? Right. I guarantee you for any woman who's watching this and wants to be in a relationship right now, there's somebody in that little black book that would be willing to be in a relationship. I mean, you said little black book. So you really about that court in life because little black book is a term from the 20s. No, it's <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody is Everybody using has lo- little black book. Nobody is using you, little black book anymore. No, I don't have a cell phone. I have a cell phone. No one is using little black book. You know what I mean. Fellas, I told y'all to get in the DM. Put little black books in the DM. <laughs> because 
she's clearly a woman from 1920. But but back back to it. Go ahead. Back to I it. Cannot stand you. That go is ahead, not an ahead. old term. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You haven't heard someone use little black book for a while. But you know what I mean, don't you? Because I'm 42. Because you're old. Go, go ahead, please. Continue okay. to give advice. Yes. So you have to focus on what is the purpose so that I can be intentional about finding a partner that matches my purpose. I always say that you have to be clear about the destination and not, and then you find the person who matches the destination. You do not find the person and then try to build a destination around them. So you have to be clear. If you want to be in a relationship, cool, but be clear about what is my overall goal about my life that I want to see. So I always say like my, when people say, Oh, don't you want to be married? I always say my, my, my goal is not to be married. My goal is to be in a happy functional relationship with someone who, who I can do purpose with, who's someone who makes me feel seen and makes me feel heard. The relationship is a byproduct. Hmm. Okay. So I can be with someone, but if you're not meeting those goals of, of the purpose of while I'm with you, then I haven't met my goal. Okay. Okay. So that, so that would be women. I would imagine your male advice will be similar, but let's let's take, you know, a different approach with the men. Uh, more recently, um, people like Kevin Samuels, I think his name is Adam Tate. There's been a number of guys who talk the, the male is the value, high value men, like ways that um, trying to boost the male ego, self-esteem as they encounter um, interactions with women. So would you agree with that? Or what advice would you give to men who are out there seeking relationships also? What's a high value mean? Uh, you, uh, so according to, again, I, this is out, <laughs> out on the interwebs. According, okay, to, according to the internet. Um, them, they would say that, you know, there's a certain percentage of men who do the things that are of high value. You know, take care of their family, work, um, you know, make the money. Uh, make sure the home is safe and secure. Mm-hmm. Um, and those men are few and far between compared to men, I guess they would say, of low value. I disagree with that because I think everyone has value. Mm-hmm. But what would you give advice to men who may be consuming that, bought into what Kevin Samuels was saying, and and are interested in that way of thinking? Um, it's, t- it's tough because I, I didn't consume a lot of Kevin Samuels' um, content, um, or I've seen the people that you're talking about, but I don't. Their, their messages are dripping in like hate. Okay. <laughs> so I, it's hard for me to consume or even try to understand where, where they're coming from because there's so much spite behind it. Um, if anything, and that's for men and women, be careful of who you're listening to when you're listening to these personalities because a lot of these people are hurt, right? And I think anytime I hear those messages, I hear a lot of pain behind what they're saying. Um, but hey, they have their own issues, right? I would say for men who want to be in a relationship, um, the same for women, I would encourage men to know who they are. I would encourage men to find value outside of what they can provide monetarily. I would encourage men to know what is it that they need from women outside of physical no doubt. benefits. Um, because I think sometimes, even working with my male clients, because you guys do such a great job at minimizing your needs as women we were taught they weren't important Hmm. so y'all hold us accountable for not being supportive or not being loving or not being this or overlooking certain things missing the fact that you taught us how to do it every time you said it's not a big deal so you don't agree with happy wife happy life no i don't i think both people should be happy (laughs) 
I think we should both be happy. Well, it, it, it doesn't make sense um, because she can be happy because you are just silencing everything that you need. And now you're miserable. There'll be a breaking point at some point. Right. And, yeah. and, the, and the breaking point comes out in sabotaging behavior. Yeah. That's going to cause damage to the relationship. So it's not a happy wife, happy life. It's 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 happy couple. <laughs> <laughs> right happy partnership however you want to say it but i think both people should be happy and the idea that both of us are going to be happy all the time is of course unrealistic but are we unhappy about things that actually matter yeah like i, I always say stuff and th this is an original thought but if it's not gonna matter in the next like day what what am i even concerned about this for like if it if it's bothering me now Chances are it's not going to bother me in 30 minutes, so I can get rid of it in like a minute or two. But that is difficult for people to get to. Like it takes a lot to not feel like someone is taking advantage of you, doesn't center your feelings. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of communication that needs to happen before I feel like you can get to that point. Well, it's a lot of communication, but there's also a lot of self-work. Okay. Right? I think that um, – and I need to post that video. I said it during my live show is that one of the one of the, the greatest reasons why I'm happy that I wasn't in a relationship early in my life is because I didn't know how to manage my own emotions. So I relied on my partner to manage my emotions. So I felt good if he made me feel good. I, I felt stable if he made me feel stable. If I would have went into a marriage with that same mindset, I would have had to rely on my partner for everything. I would have drained the living daylights out of him. <laughs> He would have resented me for it. And then I would have said, but you don't love me. Yeah. Right. When really I didn't. I, I was holding him responsible for something that was never his, his responsibility. responsibility yeah. Right. And so as individuals, we need to know that we are responsible for how we feel. My partner can say something that hurts my feelings. That doesn't give me permission to, to shut down or become silent or, you know, act out. I'm responsible for my own emotions, even if you elicited them. But but at the same time, I mean, it's it's fair when people feel like you've done something to me, mm -hmm. but you're saying that the way you respond is what matters. Correct. Okay. 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 I get that. All right. So to the question around the why the academy is important, one of the things we often do is try to give something an actionable step to either make money, mm -hmm. heal themselves, mm -hmm. grow themselves in their journey. So you can determine where you want to take this question. If you had 10, not you personally, but people out there in the oh, audience. Not me. Okay. Not you personally. <laughs> Vacation? Is that what you said? That, now, that could be. Tahiti? It could be, it could be a, a self, uh, you know, journey thing that you do with this money. If if we were just to drop $10,000 for someone and they could do what they wanted to with, what would you recommend someone do with that money? No responsibility tied to it. Bills are paid. Maybe they could start a business, brand, do some self-healing. What, what do you recommend as you deal with people who, like you mentioned, are in survival, in challenges? Maybe that is a, a, what, what could that money do for someone maybe in your perspective? I would recommend that they invest it into the thing that they feel is going to give them freedom. Okay. Explain. Freedom could look like anything it'll look different for every individual, right? So whatever it is that you feel like you are plagued by or bound by, um, it's that, that thorn in your side. Every time you turn around, it's frustrating you, it's hurting you. Use the money to get to to, to purchase your freedom from whatever So that not Tahiti. Is. It may be Tahiti, okay? It, it very well may be Tahiti. We don't know, 
right? But for some people, it'll be the job that they're trying to get out of, yeah. right? For some people, it'll be, you know, paying off debt that, that is holding them bound. So for some people, it'll be getting out of a marriage, right? Whatever that thing is that you feel that you need to be free from to have your freedom, I would say invest it into that. Because if, if I don't feel free in my life, what what's the point? What are we doing? Straight up. No, I completely agree with that. Like if you, and there, I would probably say the majority of people don't feel free. I think the majority of people um, go to work, may not like their job. Hate their job every day. Ready to come home. Uh, most of us, like you mentioned, and that's a great way to use it. And I'm st- just so y'all know, um, LP is good at stealing things. So when I say on the next poor horseman, that man, we really all just in survival mode right now. <laughs> like we are just a, know that I came up with that phrase. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need my coin. Nah, nah, I, I, I came up with that. Uh, that is me. I need to be compensated. <laughs> so Thank you. Uh, let's talk about your podcast before we wrap. You're, when are you relaunching? And then we might be working on a project also. So are let's we? talk about. It. Go, just talk. Are we? <laughs> Go ahead. What what is it? <laughs> Well, the podcast is I Am Worthy Podcast. It's on YouTube. Um, right now, we we have the first season on there. I think it's 20, 22 episodes. Um, the second season is coming to a YouTube channel near you. Uh, and then where can they find you on Instagram and all that good stuff? Everything is under my name, Brittany Noel. You just have to spell it right. B-R-I-T-T-A-I-N-Y-N-O-E-L. And it'll definitely be on the screen I'm just saying, during this process so also. But you spell it right as well. I, I think I know how to spell it because, again, she's my employer. So I have to make sure Partner. that um, employer, Partner. I have to make sure I know where um, things are supposed to be and how things are supposed to be done. But any advice that you want to leave people with before we wrap? Thank you again for doing the Academy. Thank what is something that you would like to share? Um, you've watched our episodes before. You probably have an idea of what our audience might be. So we like to joke like the clown. This will be a different thing for people. They'll say, wow, I, I actually can take something away mm-hmm. other than just drinking, <laughs> like talking, having a good time. So what piece of advice would you give people as we wrap? Orange mm-hmm. camera. <coughs> okay, it's just so weird to just look in the camera. I haven't done it in so long. That's, that's why you're here now. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, I think my biggest thing is just living an authentic life, right? Focusing on it with a lot of my clients. I help them understand the roles that they play every day that don't actually serve them, right? Um, focus on just becoming more of yourself, showing more of yourself to the world so that you can be proud about who you are, right? Show up unashamed and authentic. That's what I would tell people. And if someone wanted to work with you in maybe an upcoming group that you've got, your male group, Mm -hmm. um, how would they get in contact? Um, You can shoot me an email, info at BrittanyNoel.com. That's it? Mm-hmm. That's nothing else you want to plug. <laughs> I mean, info at BrittanyNoel.com. Don't you do these uh, monthly My... live sessions? Like, you plug oh, yeah. this. Come on now. What you doing? You you are rusty. You are. You haven't, been, you haven't been doing this. So come on now. Okay. What, what, what did, tell us about um, it. Okay. So we have the Sunday sessions live here in Houston every month. Our next one is September 25th. So you can actually come to the live show and ask me questions about your life. And I will answer them on the spot for you and give you some great advice, some feedback. I may make you cry, but hey to each his own um i also have a book on amazon if you want um that book is geared towards women so if there's women trying to master their own life transitions the book is called uh, made for this on instagram 
I'm not. I'm it's laughing for a reason, but go ahead, go ahead. Made yeah. for this, yeah, okay? If yeah. you put in "made for this," Brittany Noel, it comes up on on we'll Amazon. We'll put the link. We'll put the link in the, the show notes. We will. Comes on Amazon. Um, other than that, BrittanyNoel.com has all the things. Brittany, you can sign up for individual sessions. My calendar is on my website. Um, you can check out my. I have a monthly membership for uh, therapeutic coaching. So if you wanted to work with me on a monthly basis, you have that option as well. Okay. All right. That's been, um, we don't know the episode number of Horseman Academy, but if you like what you heard, um, please go follow Brittany Noel on all platforms at Brittany Noel. Know how to spell it. It's really Brittany Noel, but you know, we, we'll get to that another day. If you like this though, as we talked about, please go follow us on all platforms at the poor horseman TikTok. We couldn't get poor horseman. So it's poor horseman pod on TikTok, And then, um, Rate us, review us on Apple, Spotify, Google, all the places that you would. We appreciate it, and we're out.